everyone, and welcome to the show. It's the Mark and Mark podcast. I'm sports editor Mark Podolsky. I love pop culture, and you are? Well, who am I? I'm entertainment editor Mark Mazuris. I love sports. Sorry. It's <laughs> it's late on a Thursday. As you know, Mark Podolsky, Thursdays are busy for me. I'm putting together TJFs and I think banging my head against the wall, so I'm not at my best. I think you're just a little bummed out about the whole LeBron Cavs situation, right? As far as what might happen, what might Maybe. not happen. What, you know, and then this Charles Barkley situation, which we're going to get into. And I'm certainly, if I'm the Cavs, I'm certainly not sending Kevin Love to New York for Carmelo Anthony. Well, before we get into that, obviously we're going every other week now, and we missed a hot topic last week, the whole Charles Barkley-LeBron situation, and we'll hit that. Ooh, boy. I know. It, just, it kind of turned into a wildfire there for a while. And Have you heard there's a new sheriff in town? I know. It, well, it was. I think the biggest revelation out of all of that was that LeBron has been very tactfully so, doesn't get into his war of the words. He kind of takes the the high road and stays professional. And not to say that what he said wasn't professional. As he what, said last year in the final, like, I keep taking the high road. It's so hard sometimes. Yeah, and, and you could talk whether this was professional or crossing the line, getting personal with Charles Berkeley. Look. The guy I'm talking about, Charles Berkeley, has had some issues over the over the years, maybe the decades. Um, and I mean, it all started in the '90s when he says, "I'm not a role model," blah blah blah. Which LeBron actually brought up. I think he talked to ESPN Cleveland's uh, Dave McManaman. Well, ESPN's Dave McManaman. Or, um, ESPN's right, and uh, it, it just it, you know, I think it was a bad look for LeBron. I think it was more out of frustration. I mean, he. He he really dove into the deep end when it went to Charles Barkley. What was your take? Well, look, Barkley's Barkley's basically paid to sit on that TNT set before games and during halftime and give opinions on things. And I ultimately sided with Barkley. Like he basically, I think he echoed what a lot of us who who love LeBron for all he does for the, the city and the team. But like, I do think you can make an argument that like. He's whining about how the team still needs to do something. I mean, highest payroll ever. Yeah. Spend, spend, spend. I mean, uh, you know, so I, I thought Barkley was well within his role as an analyst. I didn't think Barkley got personal. What about what he said? He, he wasn't competing. I think that might have triggered everything. Did he say he wasn't? Uh, yeah. I guess there was something He like did that. say that. He says he, he, he didn't because they, they had lost to, I think, the Mavericks that night. It was a bad loss. Yeah. It was, it was the second half of it uh, back-to-back. Right. Where they had to go go to home and then on the road the next day. So it, it wasn't a great it wasn't a great win or it wasn't a great game for them at all. But they played at home in the afternoon against the Thunder. Had a good outing, one right. of their best right. games in a while. Right. And then you know the next night you play in Dallas, not a great team, even though they're playing better. Cavs should have won that game, but you know, um, I thought most of what Barkley said was in bounds. If you like. It, it's like, look, I'm not saying LeBron should like the criticism of him, even if it's basketball related, but. LeBron didn't do himself any favors by going so personal against Barkley, yeah. who is pretty beloved because he's just this uh, so, sort of tell-it-like-it-is jovial right. personality. And then Barkley comes back and just handles it beautifully. I, I couldn't be more impressed with it. So when LeBron called him a hater, was did he cross a, a line there? I don't really think hater. In in what haters come to mean in, in you know today's slang, I don't think that really crosses a line. Right. I think, you know, it doesn't. I, I wouldn't equate that use of hater with like hate speech or something like that, you know. Um, so I'd say no to that. So I'm really the bigger picture. This was just basically two guys going tit for tat, whatever. The bigger picture is really whether or not the Cavs are going to make a trade here. And this, these rumors of Carmelo Anthony, which 
I guess seem to have been squashed, but you never really know until the deadline comes and goes. But it was that Car, you know, Carmelo for Kevin Love talk, and Love has squashed it. Tyrone Lewis squashed it. Has LeBron actually come out and said anything about that? He just said the report, which is by Frank Isola of the New York Daily News, trash. not the New York Post. He's trash. Right, the report was trash. He's trash for. He said putting it out during the game because it came out while the cat during that fantastic. What does he game, care? Right? Well, he first of all, I agree with Frank. Isola said like I, I you know I don't control when they put it out. They right. leave it to the editors. Um, I thought LeBron. First of all, I, I don't. I've never met Frank Isola. I know his career a little bit because he's on ESPN as a talking head sometimes. I don't really read his work, but he seems like a reasonable guy. My natural gut just instinct is typically to stick up for the journalist because it's so easy to say, this guy's making this up, this guy's lying. And like I'm sure it happens, and especially in New York where you're hyper-competitive. Yeah, he basically cited a league source. Now, that could mean a lot of things. That right. could be someone in the Knicks who yeah. just has an agenda. So at some point you're trusting – I mean, yes, you're obviously trusting a journalist just not to make it up from scratch. That is just completely what we're not about. That's unethical. It's terrible. You should lose your job and probably never work again if that's right. what you do. Now, do you go a source that maybe has an agenda, maybe you don't feel good about, you run with that story just on that? You can criticize a guy for that. You know, Only he knows how solid his unnamed source is. So but my gut reaction is I just get turned off by uh, – you know, Tyron Lue came up and said, these unnamed sources, you know, put your name behind if you guys say, say something. I don't like these unnamed sources. Well, that's one way to look at it. The other way I would look at it is name sources won't tell you anything because they'll right. just get in trouble. So if you want the truth or some semblance of the truth, you need some unnamed sources. So I thought LeBron, again – It is it's, funny how these people in sports will say, come out and say who you are. And then I would like to turn that around to them to say, well, why don't you give us upfront information? Right. Like, you why know? don't you be honest for once? But no, it's all – and I understand why right. everyone's political. I would be political in right. there. But, you know, it's just – I. And I feel like my, you know, it's a gray area. There's no question. A buddy of mine who lives in New York, who's a Cavs fan, was chatting me. He's like, "The trade's not happening." They said this and this and this. I'm like, "That doesn't mean the trade's not happening. That only means that they said it's not happening." You know, it's not happening when the deadline comes and goes. Um, I just think it's it's two times in a row where I think LeBron went over and above what he needed to as far as like attacking the other person. Doesn't you know? It's not like him getting in trouble with the law. It's pretty low on the uh, you know things to criticize LeBron for, but I think it's a little bit of a bad look. You know? Well, I mean, but the thing is, would you, would you do a Kevin Love with the Carmelo? Oh, God, no. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm asking, do you, do you think LeBron is talking about that with, well, with the Cavs? Well, that's two different questions. Like What I was telling my buddy who's like, it's not happening. I'm like, look, I can believe that I'm not saying I, I really think this is happening, but could you sell me on the idea that LeBron behind the scenes has said, yeah, I'd like you to trade love for Anthony. I mean, Anthony's his boy. Anthony does have a lot of tr- uh, talent still. Um, I think LeBron would probably, you know, figure out how to get more out of him than uh, maybe the Knicks have been getting him. But I still, you know, my amateur basketball take, and other people are saying this, I just don't think he fits with what we have. I think love fits better. He's more of a ball stopper. I mean, he'd facilitate some playmaking a little bit, but... I don't think I'd rather have that. Uh, what Kevin Loves brings to the table, you know that uh, that. And, and well, both, both Mark, it doesn't of, matter what you want; it matters what LeBron wants. Well, no, but I, I guess it depends on what your what you're asking me. But what do I want? I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a smart basketball play. Could you put together a, a you know a pile of pieces and parts we have, and the Knicks are desperate? Maybe they send him for 
Channing Fry and Shumpert and something, you know, then I'd, I'd think about that. But LeBron and Carmelo have always both wanted to play the three. That's one problem. You know, right. I just don't think it's a great idea. You know, you, you wonder with LeBron, you, you wonder if he's sitting at night having nightmares about playing the Warriors this year. You better. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if this is stemming uh, to a bigger picture of him seeing maybe potentially big time problems if they got to play the the, the Warriors in the finals. Well, yeah, I mean, you're watching the he's watching the Warriors just clean up, and at the same time, the Cavs are having their worst stretch in like a year. You know, I think they had a losing record for January, so you can kind of understand where he's coming from. But I just think it. Uh, I think LeBron can look. I've always thought LeBron's moody, and I think LeBron can lose perspective pretty quick. And it, they're still probably the second most talented team in, in basketball. I mean, that's why he looked like a whiner. I think to come out and say like to say that he. He questioned the organization's commitment to winning. I mean, I just don't know when you look at that payroll and the luxury tax bill how Makes you can no say sense. that. Makes no sense. I mean, if you want to say that he met with Dan Gilbert and said, like, I need you to spend it unconditionally, and Gilbert said yes, and then so maybe in a very small way, Gilbert's temporarily going back on his deal. But, you know, they've only got so many... They've only got so many bullets to fire. Uh, they, they keep trading first round. You can only trade your first round pick every other year. They, they keep doing that. They trade this, they trade that. I think David Griffin's a genius and, you know, takes something and gets something better in return. But LeBron wants to LeBron wants you to use every last bullet and spend every last dollar. And then when you run out, he'll just leave. I mean, that's yeah. basically what he did the first time. So I, just, I think I would hold off on using the word genius with David Griffin. He's a great – I think he's a great GM. But when you got LeBron James, everything kind of falls into place very easily that way. That's just my personal opinion. I think he's a genius. Okay. Um, well, I'm not saying if he doesn't have LeBron James, he wins a championship. I'm not saying that, but I think what he's—I think almost every move he's made is gold. And how often do we have a general manager in any sport where we say that? I mean, I think he's terrific. I mean, I think with the thing with—I mean, I'll counter with that was when you got a guy like LeBron James, it's just you know, it's—it's it's not like you've got to build it up like a pyramid. I mean, you got that piece, that centerpiece, and you can kind of. Pick and choose. I mean, you, you you already had Kyrie Irving and LeBron James in place when he came here, for sure. But you okay? So I mean, we could we could talk about this for another hour. I know. Well, I just I just I strongly mean, disagree. Like, yes, you have to have LeBron James. I'm not saying I've always when LeBron was in Miami, I always said our only roadmap for a championship. I strongly is, disagree. I mean, I I, I just got to take an issue with that. I mean, to say he's the genius when you you walk into the situation with LeBron James and Kyrie I just think Irving, he makes move after move that you don't see coming, and he he makes use of these little NBA yeah. rules that other people don't know about. I mean. I just think I think most of the moves he's made have worked out really, really well. I guess I'm, I guess I'm just when you were to use the word genius, I'm thinking like signing LeBron James, genius. <laughs> there you go. Um, I think the bigger another big issue with this this team is, especially with with James's comments, how you know we're top heavy and you know playmakers and look at what they've done the last few weeks. They've scored 140 points, 132 points. You know. Playmaking offense does that is not the problem with this team. It seems like defense is the problem with this team. I mean, am I off base with that? I mean, I don't understand why people more people aren't talking about this. Well, the defense is not. They've got to clamp down, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the playmaking thing w- was so uh, was such a big issue because they weren't playing great, and really, LeBron and Kyrie, their usage rates had to be through the roof. They were the only guys facilitating. Can't really play K Felder any meaningful minutes. Right. Anyone else you put there at the point guard, you know, Shumpert does okay. Ligon, uh, Liggins can't really do it. McCray can't really do it. I mean, really, if, if the my the biggest mistake I think David Griffin made was when they didn't sign. Well, you just said he was a genius. 
Even geniuses make mistakes. Okay. Uh, I think the mistake was not signing, and this is easy to say now, Matthew Delvadova right. a year before he left, and you could have had him for like three or four million dollars. Like, look, people make fun of Delhi, and pe- people overrate Delhi, people underrate Delhi. How good would Delhi look right now, spelling Kyrie and you know taking some of the ball handling but, off the ball? Yeah, right. I mean, you saw what they did. They brought in three guys off the street, pretty much out to work them out. Heinrich, uh, a couple other guys, four guys, I think: Farmar, Heinrich. Chalmers and Lance Stevenson. Right. So, you know, it shows you how desperate And then they, they signed Derek Williams. So who knows what's up. I know. So, I mean, you know, so the, are, are you worried about the Cavs at, the, at, their, at this moment? I mean, they've only got, a, what, a two or three game lead in the East? Well, it depends on how you define worried. I, I kind of feel like I'm where I was last year probably at this time where I'm like, I love this team. They can't beat the Warriors. And then I was wrong then. They did miraculously I mean, beat the don't we remember at this time they were flirting right around 500. Right. So weren't they? No, that was. I'm sorry, that was the year before. Right. I'm sorry. Um, I take that back. Well, when they fired this time last year, I feel like they had fired Blatt a couple of weeks before. It was or something like 30 and 11, weren't they? So it, they it was right around players, that time. I, I don't know if it was that good, but uh, so you know, right now I wouldn't bet on them to win the title, but after last year, I have a much more optimistic view about how things things could change. There's right. no question about that. Right. I'd really like. I still would really like to see them. Uh, and it's more for the regular season than the playoffs, but somebody to come in and share the ball handling load just to make it a little easier on those guys during the regular season. That's the biggest problem. When they were losing all these games, they were still playing, you know, LeBron and Kyrie, these huge minutes. And it's almost like, look, <laughs> either lose the game or play them the minutes. You right. can't do both. What did you think about, let's get on to the Super Bowl. What did you think about the Super Bowl? One of the best Super Bowls ever? I think the best so. Super Bowl ever? I mean, we always want to say that right after it. I and I didn't look back. It was, a, it was a dud for about two and a half quarters. You, know, you and I, I think, we're roughly the same age. Growing up, I feel like the Super Bowl was a dog for so many years. Right. I mean, the NFC would come in and just kick the tail off the AFC. Right. Um, we've had a few more good games in the last, like, ten years or so. But we've never seen that kind of a comeback. We've never seen an overtime uh, game. That's amazing. I, I didn't think about that. I'm thinking there's never been a Super Bowl overtime. That, that was pretty amazing. And then I was kind of excited about it because, you know, it really that second half really wasn't competitive. It was... I mean, the first half was all Falcons, and then the second half was mostly the Patriots. So I'm like, all right, now let's let's have this. Let's go double overtime. Let's go, and the Patriots just march down. And it's right. Over. Um, but it was phenomenal. I mean, you got to give it up to Tom Brady. What what a comeback! I mean, the Falcons made some mistakes, but I, I think that's mostly mostly on Brady, especially after the after uh, would be Brown or one time would be Brown. Um, Julio Jones makes that spectacular catch. You go, well, that should oh, be it. Thanks they, for you reminding me on that You one. don't lose making that catch. And then they still – Julian Edelman makes that catch. Yeah. It was it was incredible. I wouldn't so, say from beginning to end it was the best game because I was really bored for a while. I started reading political news and getting <laughs> fired up about that. And unfortunately, the game brought my attention right. back. But That was an incredible comeback because one minute it's 28-9. to nine and I mean, you're thinking this is almost an impossibility. And then, uh, you know, what was huge was that one fumble. I met Ryan. Yeah, it turned the whole game around, and it just goes to show you, though. And 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 it just drives me crazy because I I, I keep writing about the Browns' quarterback situation and Mitch Trubisky and all, the Watson and all these other rumors about Garoppolo and like you know. And I get people that email me and tell me like, yeah, you talk and write too much about the Browns' quarterback situation. I'm like, watch the Super Bowl. This is why you need a quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, you have zero chance in this league. And you're talking about a team. This is, I could not believe this when I wrote this. It's going on 20 years since this franchise came back. And they still don't have any semblance of a franchise quarterback. I mean, not even, and I'm not even talking about an elite franchise quarterback. I'm talking about like 
the Phil Riv- the Philip Rivers of the world. Uh, the, right. The uh, you know just throw a name out there. I don't the Ryan Tannehill of the worlds. I mean, know. what's the best the Browns have had? One year of good Derek Anderson. Yeah. That was an anomaly. I know. I you mean, know. think about that. You're going on 20 years where you haven't had any sort of consistency, and you can even say competency at quarterback. So you know, and then you look at the overall record since '99. You, you understand it's like what 300 ball or something, 350 ball. It's 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 beyond pathetic with this franchise. So. And you wonder why I wanted to tank. Well, but then again, we're still talking about not addressing the quarterback situation. Well, yeah, it turns out you can't at the point. You don't mean to see, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I mean, you you sit there and clamor, get the number one pick, the number one pick, and then you're like, you know, look, Miles Garrett might be a Hall of Famer, could be a great player in this league. You know, and, and, you know, he might have his day one day. But if I was going to make a prediction... I was gonna. I would make a prediction. Miles Garrett will not win you a Super Bowl one one year. It might not win you a playoff game. He may not get you into the playoffs. But I'm telling you this right now: if you get the right quarterback in there, you will make the playoffs one day. You might have a shot at winning a Super Bowl. So I think you told me. I didn't see it myself, uh, but you said Todd McShay of ESPN, his latest mock draft, had the Browns taking Garrett at one and Mitch Trubisky at twelve. Yes, he had Deshaun Watson going number two to the Four Niners. If that is how the draft. The first round of the draft uh, unfolds that first night, usually a Thursday night, right? Yes. Cleveland will be losing its mind. Oh, and yeah, that doesn't yeah. assure any Super Bowl. But talk no. about like an easy story to sell. Um, There's no question. Look, the way I'm looking at it now is if I'm the Browns at 1-12. and 12, I, To me, you got to get either Watson or Trubisky in those, one of those first two picks. You just have to. I'd still rather trade for Garoppolo. But. I mean, okay, so... I guess you got to, you have to define. Okay, are you basing everything on one game, where you're willing to give up maybe three picks for that one player, and and you are you banking enough on his time with Tom Brady and being a backup for two and a half or two years, whatever it was. I think it's two or three years. I can't remember. If it's been well, he's in, he's going to be in the last year of his contract, so it's got to be three years, right? Yeah, I mean you know, that's another thing you got to factor in. He's going to want ten to twelve, fifteen million a year. You, yeah, you got to be treating him like a. Almost like a first uh, pick overall. Like, look, we're going to be signing into big money. So, I, I mean, I guess your sample size is one game in the NFL. Two games. He got hurt. He played. He got. He got hurt early in the second game. Oh, I thought he got hurt in the early in the third. No, game. he no, only right. he only played one full game. They won. He looked good. He started the next. He got hurt. So, and then we're all harping on Deshaun Watson's too small and blah 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 and. Mr. Biscuit's only played one season. And I'm not saying these guys are going to come in and be world beaters, but, you know, are you going to give up three three picks, maybe the 12th overall pick for Garoppolo? I'm sorry. Brady was out for four games. Are you sure? I thought it was just Brissett for the four. I thought Garoppolo got hurt in the third game. No, he got, he got hurt. He got hurt in the Brissette second game. started two games? Yeah, he won a game. Okay. He won a game. Okay. And then he came off the bench. They won a game. Oh, and then they lost. And then they, I think they... Lost a game and they came back and won a game. So they right. were three and one in that in that span. All right, I think you're right now. So I mean, like you know, personally, I would not even entertain giving up the 12th pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. I just wouldn't do it. I mean, I would entertain it. You know, and, and so would you rather have a guy who's started one game in his career? Or would you rather have a guy like Colin Kaepernick who could probably get for a third round pick if you want to go that route? Who's played in this? Who started it and almost won a Super Bowl, and who looks broken, just like Robert okay, Griffin looked broken. I get that, but I get, but again, okay, so let's. But you're gonna use that argument. We're talking about a guy who started the second game and got hurt. 
in sure. Garoppolo. But Browns players don't typically get hurt. We'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, we could go anywhere. I mean, this is like an unbelievable argument. It's just look. I'm it, saying it just goes to show you how pathetic this team's been at quarterback for almost 20 years. Here's the truth. Like, look, I, I don't know. You really don't know. You know more than I do about this stuff. But it, I'm telling you this: if the Browns, if the Browns come out of draft the draft with with Miles Garrett and any one of the quarterbacks we're talking about, Watson, Trubisky, trade for Garoppolo, even Kaiser. I think this town will be pretty excited. Yeah. Um, Would you be happy if they didn't go to quarterback and they picked a guy like some sixth guy in this draft of a pretty, what they're saying, a pretty weak quarterback class? They draft maybe the sixth or fifth best quarterback at number 33 overall. And I think what you're going to be stick, you're going to be stuck at, and you're going to love this, Mark, because you'd love this. You're going to be drafted number one in 2018. You might be. You might be. And, I, uh, and will Sashi Brown and, and, company have their jobs these are all good questions i i really it it goes back to your damned if you do damned if you don't i think you got to address the quarterback this this offseason but i also think if he's not the right guy it doesn't matter if you get a guy who can't help you then you're no further off along so are you talking about garoppolo or like the young kids in the draft i'm talking about quarterbacks in general i think look the time to get one is now but the flip side of that coin is if none of these guys were any, if none of these guys were talking about a really franchise quarterback, well, that's the big. Then it's a big waste. That's anyways. the big question. It is a big. So look, I'm glad I'm not. Uh, well, I would take their jobs anyways. Get you get fired by the Browns, you still get two years of pay typically. So yeah, I mean, I, it's it's almost like a, ca- a case of bad timing. I mean, wouldn't life be so much easier if Andrew Luck or or Peyton Manning was coming into this draft? Oh, yeah, I mean, like, it's like a slam dunk. Then everyone would be like, you know what, I'm glad they did lose all those games. Right. I mean, now you're kind of, like, stuck. You're like, everybody's kind of I would say this. They didn't do it in the right year. Right. Uh, Like, so everybody's kind of stuck in this mode of, like, well, yeah, you just take Garrett because everybody says he's the best player in the draft. And it's like, yeah, but are you – is that conducive to winning? I mean, it's such a – it's – You do need – they need talent everywhere. You do need talent everywhere, but – but like again, I'm gonna go back to the thing with the Super Bowl. Like, if you don't have the quarterback, you don't have a shot. You just don't have a sh- have a shot. They better not pick up Tyrod Taylor and act like he's the. Answer. Well, that's another one that uh, the rumors are that's gonna start swirling. Those rumors. And, if you pick him up and you draft draft a guy, well, you know who Garoppolo. that Bronze just hired as the quarterback. Yeah, his quarterback coach he, in Buffalo. Yeah, I don't know the so, guy's name. But. You know, you get him in a room. He's gonna start selling that guy. Right. And I gotta be honest with you, I kind of like him. Taylor? I do. Well, he's all right. I, I he's just he's, got he's not going to take you to the promised land. Probably not. Probably yeah. not. And, you know. You do need, you know, you, they just let Josh McCown go, so they need a backup. See, this is what, like, people I, seem to think Griffin's not going to be back. This is a fascinating conversation with you, because you are in this Garoppolo camp, right? But not, I got a, I got a foot in. I'm more in the Garoppolo camp okay. than any other camp. But, okay, so then we're talking about, it's almost like you're excited because, like, okay, let's see what he can do. But you have no idea what he can. You have no idea what he can do. I have no idea. Is it what, because you you've seen sample sizes of Colin, Colin Kaepernick and Tyrod Taylor, and you're like, no thanks. Pretty much. But yet you'd be, you you could get these guys for such way way less in terms of the price tag, and think about what you've got to give up for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, you've got to give up like it's almost like the number one pick, you know. Uh, borderline, uh, you know, you're giving up. A, you're gonna have to give up to twelve, probably. You're probably gonna have to give up a third, maybe, maybe even a fourth. Maybe and you're talking. You, you want to give up those three picks for a guy who you have no idea whether or not he's any good. I like that price tag I heard of our two number twos. I could live with that. That's a 
That's a big price tag. It is. But then you still have your first I mean, two I think picks. you're going to have to give up probably two, maybe three picks for this guy. We'll depend. I mean, we'll see who many people are actually uh, trying to get him. You know, are the 49ers going to try to get him? Or all I mean, so you got guys like Kaepernick, Tyra Taylor, you know, Tony Romo. I don't know. I mean, you, you, Tony Romo is the most talented guy out there. I just no. think he's. I don't know that you put him with a young, developing team like the Browns. I feel so bad if that guy came to the Browns. I really I would. would too. I, I mean, would too. You know, and you know, Garoppolo is another one. You got to. He should go to Denver. It drives me nuts. I mean, you know, what, another thing that that another thing that that will make this Garoppolo thing, if they do it, I mean, you are all in on this guy for sure because you've got to give him a big contract. Yep. Whereas if you know you sign. Kaepernick. How Browns would that be? You let him go to the end of the year, and then he walks. Yeah, right. Some, what I'm saying is if you go with Ka- the, the Kaepernick, Tyrod Taylor route, which is like the RG3 route, light, I guess, um, they've got a little more They've got a little more status ranking in the league than RG3 did. Three years ago, I would have given up the moon for Colin Kaepernick or whatever, right. but I just think he's broken. He just doesn't seem like... I think he's broken, but I do think that that situation in San Francisco was abysmal. Look, like, much like, that, much, I think that talent level there is worse than it is in Cleveland. Uh, it's possible. Much like RG3, if you told me you were just going to sign Colin Kaepernick and it wasn't going to be much money, and what are you going to take a flyer on him, see if uh, Hugh Jackson do something with him? I'm all for that. I bet you can get him for a fourth round pick. Then I might do that, but I wouldn't be looking at that as a likely answer. I'd be looking at, at like RG3. You're taking a flyer. You want to you have a look, but I, in my heart, I don't believe it would work out. I never thought RG3 would work out. I thought it was a good signing. Yeah. I thought you should oh, yeah, take a look yeah, at I mean, it. You're a team like the Browns. you got to keep signing these guys. Right, but I didn't think it would work out. It didn't really cost us anything. Hey, I'm still holding out hope. I like Sam Darnell, the quarterback at USC. Did you watch the Rose Bowl this year? Uh, No. Was that the high-scoring game? Yeah. With, uh, now we were this, I was at the Cavs game. This guy is awesome. He's the one who's another year away? Well, yeah. He's going to be a redshirt sophomore, so he can come out after next year. Okay. Guy is – he is talented. Boy, it would be tough to tank a whole other year, and that's what you'd have to do if he's that good. Tough. You'd love this idea. I'm saying it. I would be able to handle it because I get it, but I feel like Cleveland would just lose it. Although they did just lower season ticket. I saw uh, that. I don't know. We'll see what's coming. It's getting interesting. I mean, there's all this draft talk, and we'll be talking about that coming up shortly. If they don't draft, if they don't draft a quarterback, or if they don't trade for someone like Garoppolo, they just do like little Patrick again. You know that Sashi and Paul DePodesta have been given major assurances by uh, Jimmy Haslam. That's the only way. That's the only way. But I mean, how if they go two and fourteen? I mean, how do you how do you sell that to your Jimmy Haslam? And you're going three and twenty nine in two years, and you're saying, "Hey, man, we're on the right track." I don't know, man. You'd have to be seeing the young talent play okay, even in losses. You know? And I don't know if you saw enough of that last year. It's rough. It's rough. Like my my one buddy told me, he's like, "There's there's just no going one and fifteen, pretty." You know? Cause I was no. Like, I was like, I want to see some. I want to go like one and fifteen, but I want him to be in most games. He's like, "Well, what you want isn't really gonna happen." So I guess in a nutshell, what we just talked about was that the Super Bowl depresses you if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Yeah, there's highs and lows watching it, but <laughs> no uh, question. It was fun to watch Matt Ryan. At the height of his game, playing Tom Brady, who's always great, and what what a Super Bowl! Man. That was that was incredible. So let's get on to our little uh, pop culture talk. We both screened the Lego Batman movie last weekend. You came away what? I for what it was, I thought it was really good. Really, I I, I don't know how much. I don't know how that movie could have been much better. I mean, I said I gave it three out of four stars because I think you just, you just sort of cap a movie like right. that. But I thought it was 
really well executed, really funny. It you know it over it was an hour forty five. I could have used it. I could use fifteen minutes less. I think hour like thirty would have been perfect. Right. Um, and it just you know because it's for it's for hyperactive kids. By the end, it's so bombastic. There's so much to look at. I was like, I just start tuning out and like let me know when when it's over. Yeah. But um, I just thought that. You know, it basically lampooned Batman, made made fun of Bruce Wayne and Batman, right. and the whole lone loner uh, mystique, and I thought it was just really well done. And that's a you know, Warner Brothers made it. Batman's a Warner Brothers property, DC. Pro- so I like that they're making fun of themselves, basically. And I, you said to me before that you're not a huge uh, Will Arnett fan. He voices Batman and Bruce Wayne. I am, and I thought at the beginning where you know, the black screen comes on, it's like black screen. All important movies have black screens, <laughs> right. and then like, and then logos, and Warner Brothers. Comes like, Warner Bros. <laughs> so just right from there, I was kind of, I was kind of in. So I, I think, I think adults will like it. I think it's something you could take your kids to. They'll yeah. like it. I mean, your son liked it. He liked it. He wasn't over the moon. I mean, he, I don't think he was like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. Okay. I mean, he, he likes those kind of movies. I guess my thing was with these movies, same way I felt about the very first one. Like, it's just, it's just so much in your face. It's like, and like. I think what bothers me the most. I mean, I, I think the movies are fine. They're cute. But it's like, it's so geared towards, oh, and it's like, it's like, it's certainly self-explanatory when the Lego is in the title. It's so geared towards try to get as many items in this game or this uh, movie so we can get as many items in the game and the play sets. And it's just like... You can tell one of us has to spend money on Legos and one of us doesn't. Yeah, and it's like, it's just killing. I mean, the first one was bad. This one is 100 times worse. And all the product placements in this movie, I couldn't believe it. I mean, Apple, if you have an iPhone, if you're a... What's the other one? Um, Verizon? Samsung? Yeah. What what do they call it? The the Galaxy? The Galaxy. Yeah. You're going to be upset because this movie loves loves the iPhone. I mean, it's... The iPhone is like literally... There's at least ten spots in. in the I didn't movie. even really notice it. Oh yeah, I, it was crazy. Apple was stuff's like, in every movie, so I'm kind of I know. used to that. It's just like it's just so much, and it's cute. And there's it, even some if you want to call them products. There's product placement for rom coms. Uh, Bruce Wayne watches Jerry Maguire. Right. Serendipity. I know. I'm like, God, this is crazy, you know. But uh, but a great cast. You know, Will Arnett, uh, uh, Michael Sarah, who was on Arrested Development with yeah. Will Arnett. Uh, he voices Robin, and then Zach Galifianakis is the right. Joker. I couldn't place him the whole time. Right. I didn't think he was really being Zach Galifianakis. He did a right. good job. Yeah, as Joker. it was hard. To, it was like that Bradley Cooper voice in right. Guardians. You can't really tell it's it's his voice. Uh, the lovely Rosario, Rosario Dawson and right. uh, Barbara Gordon. So, I mean, it it's well done. It's I a great time if you want to get your son the Lego Dimensions Batman game, which I'm going to have to buy tomorrow. <laughs> it's like it's beautiful. It's you'll love it. But it's like it's for adults. Yeah, I, I thought there were I thought there were a lot of good jokes. Yeah, I mean, it was it was okay. I, you know, showing Batman throughout the years, Bruce Wayne says he's aged phenomenally. Right, right. I mean, like it. There's a lot of nods to that, the whole universe of of the Batman mythology, which was kind of cool. My big my biggest thing with with these movies is is two things. Okay, will this movie rack it up at the box office? Which is you know I always love talking about this. I think stuff. this movie's gonna be a hit. Will this? I'm, I'm if this movie makes like 125 million. Which I don't know if it will, but you know that's that's a big number. I mean, it's not a big, it's not a lot of. There's not a lot of competition either. This makes movie. This movie makes 125. What do you mean you're not going to see 51 Shades of Grey or no. whatever it is? Is that and, this uh, weekend? Yeah. So is John Wick uh, Chapter Two, which I like, by the way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've I still haven't seen the first one. Oh, it's just pure gun violence. It's great. <laughs> I, you know, I'm wondering about the future of these movies. Like, 
is there a, is there a big lifespan for these Lego movies? Because I think that after a while, I'm like I just I, I was I mean I, you know I'm a huge Batman fan. Well, to your point, that was my hook to get me into this movie. If if this was anything else, I'm not even sure. I might have even waited till like Blu-ray to watch this because my son wouldn't have been like, we need to see this movie. We need to see this movie. So to your point, like, and I didn't. But so my review of this movie went up on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I get an email from the publicist we know who handles these movies. Uh, the Lego Ninja Go movie trailer is live, and that movie's coming out in September of this year. So I don't even know what Ninja Go is. There you go. But oh, like, no, it, it's Ninjago. Oh, sorry. See, let's go. I clearly don't know what's up. <laughs> so to answer your point, I'm like, well, they're they're gonna keep doing it for now. Yeah, yeah. it's hey, you know, I didn't, you wonder what the pr the production costs of these movies are. I mean, obviously, getting the talent voices can't be cheap. But, you know, I thought that animation was really well done. Yeah, I, that it, couldn't have been a cheap movie. Yeah, you know, I'm, I don't know what the cost for these. You know, you know, you don't have like sets to build, and you know, it's no, all it's a, all digital. There's a lot of design and animation work there, and um, I thought it was all crisp and so fast. I mean, ugh, the frames per second. Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was near top notch. Do you, were you? But it's empty calorie. You know, I said something like it's a lot of ca empty calories, but it's mostly worth it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, did the overload get to you? I mean, it really it's, well, it's, got. It's, to me. I said the more bombastic it got, the more I, you know, wanted to tune out. Um, yeah, but that's what I think the young people want. Right, old man Mazora says. Yeah, I guess so. And you know, like, I just still don't think you like any movie that's gonna like. Well, you like Kickass. I was gonna say that spoof super. You take your superhero no, movies. No, they're so sacred yeah. to you. No, no, I love this movie. Makes fun of Batman. No, so. I love. It wasn't really that. It was more of the gosh, the, like the. To me, it was almost like you know a huge commercial for all these Lego games and uh, play sets they have coming out. But you you could make an argument that that's essentially what a star wars movie is that's it's true there to sell toys yeah I mean, so you i just think that, I, I still think there is very strong storytelling there and in, in my opinion with star wars i think the storytelling in this movie was decent i mean yeah. you know they tend to do very basic easy to grab uh, grapple pl plot lines for kids you know basically the importance of friends the importance of family right you know making people know they're appreciated you know but right. i thought it was well done for that so uh what's coming up movie wise that you're excited about uh, nothing in the next week or two. I, I did see a movie coming out next week already called A Cure for uh, Wellness, which I think I mentioned to you. This movie is, I, I haven't finished my review yet, but this movie is bizarre. Really? For a mainstream I release. I think, yeah, you did tell me about this. For a mainstream release, it goes to some uncomfortable places. At the end of the day, the story structure is something you've seen before, but it's dressed up in some uncomfortable motifs, I guess I will say. At the end of the day, I liked it, even though it's too long. It's Gore Verbinski who did the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies, did uh, Lone Ranger, The Ring. He tends to make his movies tend to be about twenty minutes too long. This movie is about twenty minutes too long, and I like the first half better than the second half. But I walked out going, "Well, there's some stuff I don't see in every movie." And everyone else, people around me in the restroom were like, "I sat there for that." So I don't know if that really? movie's going to be a huge hit, wow. but I, I found some things to like about it. So all right, well, we're going to wrap it up this week. We'll be back in two weeks. We're going to start. We'll talk Oscars preview, right? Right, and then we'll talk about New Cavalier, Carmelo Anthony. We'll make a few minutes for that. Are you going to talk to your, your mentor guy? That, I haven't reached the, out to him, but the, I plan to. The big predictor guy? Yep. I will, and I will, I will talk about La La Land. I actually saw La La Land. I, I liked it. I didn't have as much affinity for it as you did. We've been arguing since you've seen it. Yeah, playful argument. Yeah, friendly, friendly jovial. Friendly way. back and forth. So, All right, so until then, thanks for listening. This has been a production of the News Herald in Willoughby, Ohio, part of 21st Century Media and Digital First Media.